0: or podcast coming your way, episode 465 QA. Steve Schmi, Ricky V. Rob, what's up?
1: Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, Gas? How's everybody doing out there?
0: Five great topics coming your way. Why don't we get right into it, Rick? So, the first one is going to be if you could give your advice to yourself at 25, what would it be in regards to fitness? So, um, Rick, do you want to start off on this one?
1: What do you want me to start? Uh, yeah, why not? Um, at 25, I was already pumping the sauce. Um, that's a good question, bro. I thought it would be real easy to answer, but I guess just I would imagine just,
0: you could go back in time till you're 25. Uh, yeah, yeah. You could I guess I would, what would
1: you say? I would I would mainly stress the importance of, of the joints. I would definitely uh, inform myself that. the the higher dosages were something that I was going to not want to do later on anyway. So just don't, don't even do those now. Uh, Definitely watch my, my joints quite a bit. Um, I've also would have, I'm going to sneak this one in because it's fitness related talk. I probably would have said, Hey Rick, uh, emu oil and caffeine vitamin E. I'd give myself the main core formula for into shampoo. And I would have developed into shampoo a full almost seven years earlier <laughs> than than I did. Uh which would have my head of hair would probably look quite a bit different now had I uh, came up with into shampoo before I lost it. And uh I think mainly into shampoo watch the joints. watch, watch the freaking joints. Um you can you, you just just stop it with the, with the higher dosages now you're going to you you won't be doing that later on anyway and uh and fasting fasting is I'd give myself a whole talk on fasting i kind of sort of already fasted i was already time restricted feeding just naturally i i gave i gave up doing breakfast around that age i had already just cut the fucking bullshit with the breakfast out i was just having yeah. Black coffee, green tea, no, no sugars, no sweeteners. And, um, I would have told me like, Hey, that this, this natural thing that you kind of feel like your body needs to do. Like you feel like doing sometimes. Yeah. Like, this is good for you. Like do it now regimented, you know, five, six days, water fast. I would have educated myself really early, really that early on on, on water fasting aspects of it. Um, Told myself to stay the hell out of the sun more. <laughs> uh, definitely. Uh, at 25, I would have definitely told myself, hey, psyllium husk, probiotics, the digestive enzymes every day with every meal, if you can, but at least once a day. Definitely a probiotics. If I would have known about probiotics and the gut biome and how that can affect, I would, have, I would have gotten rid of my anxiety that I suffered with almost almost a full ten year a full decade earlier than I actually did. had I known that probiotics, good ample supply of probiotics every day would, over not a long period of time, would just calm my stomach down, and it wouldn't have developed to full blown you know, almost, almost to the point of it was almost irritable bowel syndrome, where if I got worried about something, I'd have to go. And sometimes when I really had to go, I get anxious. It was just just the worst. And it just went away after I started adding like good, proper amounts of probiotics supplemented into my, into my system. I would have definitely, uh, started wearing a mouth guard, uh, for, uh, my teeth grinding earlier on, way earlier than I ended up doing. There's just a few things, man. There's a lot. I mean, there's definitely a uh, there's definitely a lot. There's a couple of gym in- injuries I would have warned myself about. Definitely, uh, uh, broke breaking my nose sparring. <laughs> you know, I'd have gave myself some like really good rules of thumb to just use. So I would have never gotten into some, some of this trouble, I guess, but yeah, I mean, those are, um, those are some of the main topics I would cover. Uh, what would you have, Steve? What would be some of the topics you would cover uh, with your 25 year old self? So yeah, about- my,
0: my things pretty much mirror you, buddy, um uh, mostly nutrition, but also when it comes to weight training, I would, um, I would have told myself, with regards to weight training, don't lift so fucking heavy and don't be such a type A personality, which I am, where I want to overdo things. I want to overtrain. I want to do over you know do over things. it It take a little more of a patient approach because what happens is you know your discs. they can't handle they can't handle the stuff I put my disc through. That's why i've I have two or three herniated discs. You know what I'm saying. So I would have told myself just to just to slow down a little bit, when it comes to everything has to be like hundred and ten percent with me, everything. And I would've told myself to calm down because my body's too fucking fragile. you know, our bodies are are made of flesh, you know, and very, very fragile things. so um gotta gotta take care of your body and not overdo it. Nutrition, my goodness. I knew what I knew back then when it came to nutrition I mean life would be so much easier so I would have told myself um with with refined oils you know um avoid refined oils stick to natural oils from nature like natural unrefined unprocessed cold pressed coconut oil use that to cook you know instead of using these sprays and all this other crap that people usually use in restaurants cook with so my nutrition was pretty good though when i was when i was 25 i had already you know um, had a good sense of nutrition but nutrition is one of those things where there's so much to learn out there i would have taught myself i I told my you know told myself hey you know some some of these extra tips i'm telling myself now but you know, back then I knew, I knew a lot about nutrition, um, already, but there's just so much, you no know, time restricted eating would have been something I would have learned about. Um, I would have learned about, um, uh, you know, heart health and, and cardio, you know, a lot of these things, a lot of myths back then that were being spread on forums, you know, um, one of the ones is cardio, you know, hurts your muscle gain. So, you know, being scared to do cardio or or stuff like, oh, you shouldn't do cardio fasted, it's not good for you, or you should eat breakfast. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. All this other shit. You know, I kind of figured oh, it out cardio is
1: when you do more than five reps.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, around that time too, like I was doing a lot of uh, cardio, by the way, I was doing a lot of endurance sports and stuff, triathlons and stuff. So I would have definitely gave myself tips on endurance and, and proper ways to train because I didn't react well when it came to endurance training to high intensity interval training. I reacted better to long, slow distance and the only way you can learn that is from experience. So that would have saved myself a lot of you know a lot a lot of headache. I would have got a head start on my peers I was going up against if I had known that. But what's interesting is most of you out there will probably react better to interval training. But in my case, I think because I'm such a type A personality and I overdo things, I think what I was doing the interval training I was actually overtraining so much that actually hurt my times instead of helping them. But when I do long slow distance running on a soft surface out out in the you know on a trail, it was wasn't pounding my body into the dirt. So I think that's what I would tell myself don't pound your body in the dirt. A lot of you guys who listen to this podcast are type A personalities too. So you're gonna be tempted at 25 just to pound the shit out of your body, but the thing is, pounding the shit out of your body in your twenties, it's gonna catch up to you once you get in your thirties, and of course your forties, and you're gonna look back and be like, "Shit, I should have took it down a notch," and I would be, I, I would be a lot more healthier today, you know. So, all right, the next one we're into is paleo and carnivore diets opinion. So then, let me say this: I like paleo. I like the idea behind paleo diets or paleo diets, however you want to pronounce it. It's a natural way of eating. It's the caveman diet, whatever. And the thing about it is, people need to learn that paleo. They have to do it properly to get the, like going to Chipotle and getting a burrito is not paleo eating because that burrito that burrito has refined oils in it. It's got, of course, the wrap, right? That's not paleo, right? Even if you didn't get it with the wrap, it's still not going to be paleo because they use refined oils to cook that food. So you can't get paleo, a paleo diet from going to a restaurant. You have to make your food from, from scratch on your own, right? So that Right there. Another thing with paleo doesn't make any sense is the amount of meat that I see paleo people eating. And our ancestors, you know, the cavemen, whatever, they didn't have access to that much meat. You didn't have farms where they would put a fence around and keep the animals in a cage or in a fence and raise them and then butcher them and eat them. You had to go out into the nature and track them down. And um, so, so what would happen was the only protein sources they'd really be able to catch would be things like maybe a rabbit here and there. They'd be able to trap a rabbit, maybe a squirrel, maybe a rodent, um, grubs, stuff like that, termites. Those would be their protein sources. They wouldn't have access to huge cows. They wouldn't have access to tons of chickens, as much chicken as we eat in America is insane. Um, Maybe they were lucky they'd find like a dead bird that had, you know, tipped over because it got old or had some type of disease. And then they they, you know, take the feathers off or maybe they find a a nest with uh, with eggs and be able to eat those eggs. Those would be their protein sources, you know, and. And have you ever gone in the woods and looked for eggs, look for a nest? That wasn't easy. Okay, it's not easy to climb trees and look for nests. Okay, so the amount of protein they were getting in those days, it doesn't support the amount of protein I see guys doing with the paleo diet today. So, you know, but the concept behind paleo diet I like. Now, carnivore diet, the problem with carnivore diet is we as humans, the way our digestive system is set up, we cannot consume dry meat so the only really animal parts that you should be eating if you do a carnivore diet like let's say you just want to do carnivore for for a month you should be only consuming bone broth homemade bone broth and organs and you can also consume fats from the animals and skin from the animals but in very 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 little muscle parts of the animals so People who are doing a carnivore diet, like these idiots on, online who do the carnivore diet, who are eating steak and beef and chicken breast, that's not carnivore diet, okay? You cannot do that for a month and not have severe consequences on your gut health because those things are too dry. You've got to eat the wet things, the organs, the, the bone broth from the bone marrow. Those are the things that you have to consume for a month doing the carnivore diet. Um, so I'm not an advocate of, of carnivore diet, but I, I do like paleo. I like paleo a lot. And as long as you do it properly guys, and you, you know, you focus in on good nutritious food and not restaurant food because you're not going to get paleo from, from restaurant food. What, what are your thoughts on this one? Rick? I kind of ranted for a while on it.
1: Uh. I guess the core of the question, just to really back a little bit is, like, what do we think about those diets? Are they good diets, bad diets? I think each person should see what settles well with their body. Everyone should do a nice course of probiotics for months. Switch different brands, get the stuff that's, that's cold in the refrigerator. Probiotics, psyllium husk, digestive enzymes. Make sure that your gut is, is is well first before you can really determine what's what's going to work well for you and then see what you do better. in I firmly believe that there are humans out there that will perform better. Their bodies will be much healthier on mainly a, veg, a, a vegetarian, mainly a, a, a veggie diet. I do believe there are humans out there whose bodies will perform way better on mainly a, a meat diet some people will need to be 50-50 vegetables and meat. Some people, you know, I think as different as the, the color of your eyes and hair and shapes in your face can be, that's how different uh, digestive systems can be between people that are in a family and just as alike. It's a good friend of mine, which you probably have on the podcast one day, Steve. Uh, he's a... He's a yogi, he's a yoga master. He's always lived a healthy life. And since he was a child, since he was a very little baby, he couldn't tolerate, he couldn't stomach any animal meats. He would, like, throw them up. And really quickly, his family learned that he would be okay eating veggies and, and beans and stuff like that as a baby. But anytime they try to feed him any kind of meats um. He would have a reaction to them, and today he doesn't eat any meat. He has a reaction. He tried to take capsules and some of my need to build muscle supplements, and he said he felt he was having an, a, a nausea reaction to it. He's got to open the the capsules and pour them in a milkshake because even the gelatin he can't he can't really handle. But he's not some 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 animal uh, rights guy. I mean he he slaughters meat for his family. You know, he'll he'll actually buy a, a goat and uh, and slaughter it and, and feed family and friends and he he cooks he cooks meat for his for his dogs. He feeds his dogs organ meats. And so he he's not all about he's just his body just can't handle it. And he's uh one of a couple people I've ran into like that. They're people that do really well on mainly mainly carnivore diet where it's mainly meats. It's really it it, first baseline. You want to baseline with good gut health first, you know, do uh, make sure you take psyllium husk every day, 10 to 30 grams every day for at least a couple of months. Make sure you take probiotics, different strains, the good stuff, the, the refrigerated stuff from the health food store. You know, take that for a few months. Make sure that you do some of these things first, and then you have a really easy time assessing what sits well with your body and what doesn't. But I think a, a diet and how we feel on di- certain diets and the results, it's a real personal journey. It's a real personal journey where even people within the same family will react differently, their bodies will react differently to, to, to the same foods. Uh, same spices, uh, same you know levels of of salt, things like that. You know, I think it's a real personal journey. And and with the paleo diet, look, try it, give it a shot, see how you feel on it. Carnivore diet, give that a shot, see how you feel on it. You know, just give it, give it a go, and and see how it goes. Documented and and, and learn, learn what, learn what is best for you, what things you tolerate, you like. And it the decisions will get a lot easier over time when it comes to to dieting once you once you know yourself really well. Just I mean, there's uh, the blue zones around
0: the world. This is where the people live the longest, the healthiest. There's virtually no cancer, no obesity, no diet type two diabetes, none of that shit even exists. Heart disease, any of that. And the interesting thing is, these are different ethnic groups of people. Number one, number two, they don't eat the same foods. So what Rick is saying is correct. They don't eat the same diet. However, most of their diets are going to be fruits and vegetables. And the reason for that is because fruits and vegetables are very high water content and as human beings, our bodies are mostly made up of water and that's what our bodies can better, you know, digest much easier. Like if you consume a cucumber, Um, it's 96% water. It's very easy to digest. That's a great thing to take before. If you have to have something before a run or before the gym or something, and it's a last minute thing, that would be the best option for you because it's not something that's going to be difficult to digest because it's 96% water. But if you ate a steak and then tried to go run a 5k, it wouldn't end well for you. You you see what I'm saying? So, but my point is in the blue zones, even though they don't eat the same food, like in Okinawa, Japan, which is a blue zone, they eat a shitload of sweet potatoes. But in Icaria, Greece, they eat a shitload of um, uh, other, other uh, fruits and vegetables. They eat uh, more of bushy fruits and vegetables. that grow on bushes. You know, I'm just giving you an example. And then in Costa Rica, It's they have a blue zone there, Nicoya, Costa Rica. They eat a lot of tropical fruits in their in their diet. So in Okinawa, they don't eat tropical fruits. It's not a tropical climate. You see what I'm saying? So different parts of the world, they eat different things, but at the end of the day, you know, that's, you know, that most of their diet is gonna be is gonna be fruits and vegetables. So I always tell people if you're going through health problems, best thing you can do is just do fruits and vegetables for, for a while. And that can usually fix a lot, a lot of your health health elements and get you uh,
1: get you going in the right direction. I recently I recently did a uh, I don't know if I would call it experiment or, or whatever, but I i so, so I'd read some some literature recently here on, on uh, scientists uh, that examine the fecal matter of ancient man You know, fecal matter that been recovered from, I don't know, well over 50,000 years ago from just men, you know, men that would have the same form you and I would have, Steve. You know, you could you could have grabbed one of those guys and taught them how to drive a car and they would have been able to do it fine. You know, just humans like you and I. And apparently uh, some of the samples that recovered show they they were ingesting just around 100 grams of fiber every day. You know, fecal, apparently fecal matter had been collected at different dick sites throughout the years, but it was just something that was was so, sort of ignored, just just tagged and stored away for a while. And more recently, they said, "Hey, you know, we got this fossilized uh, caveman poop. <laughs> you know, this fossilized Homo sapien poop. Let's let us let let's see what's in it. Over a hundred grams of protein." And so, I said, "You know what? I'm, I'm just gonna give it a shot for like a couple of weeks." I'm going to take a hundred grams of psyllium husk for a couple of weeks. And now I'm not saying anybody out there go run and do this. I take psyllium husk quite a lot and I stepped it up. I did about a hundred grams of psyllium husk uh, for just over two weeks. And um, don't want to gross anybody out, out there listening, but uh, you'd be surprised when you step up your fiber um, intake, how, there might still be some, some blockage or some things that I wouldn't call it full-up blockage, but some maybe so some plaque, plaque or, or some something crazy in your colon that you you think you, you know, it's it's different. I think when you and then I I threw in a, a couple of water, of days of water fast. Uh, I threw in one 24-hour water fast and another 48-hour water fast uh, while I was still doing. Uh, the hundred grams a day of uh, psyllium husk. And I got to tell you, man, it's, it's, you'd be surprised. You think that because you're taking your fiber, your probiotics and your digestive enzymes uh, pretty often that you're not going to still accumulate some plaque and you'd be surprised. I think our body has been, is able to process quite a bit of of fiber. It, It might even, Rely and need that much fiber when you're eating the kind of stuffs we're eating. So, just something that to toss out there. Just a a short kind of a little uh, little experiment that I kind of ran on myself just to see if I noticed. I figured if there's some if there's some, some plaque or something going on, the increase in fiber this pretty severe. Increase in fiber sustained over a couple of weeks. Is bound to shake something loose, and I'm going to see something different. If it's if if it's not, if I'm pretty well free of blockages, because the amount that I take, you know, the five, 10 grams, three times a day, two, three times a day that I take, it's enough. And yeah, when I stepped it up, when I stepped up the fiber intake and added days where I had no food at all and took the fiber, and I, I still noticed there was uh, there was something going on there, something uh, coming out, shaking loose, which Leads me to believe if I run another, I might run another one of those with just, like, pineapple core and papaya, uh, organic papaya, pineapple core, and, and seal them and husk every day. Maybe run that for, like, run that for a little while and see w- w- what happens. But pretty interesting to know, like, even with often fiber use and, and taking digestive aids, you still you still might, might, might have some plaque might develop something, you know, in, in, in the colon, you know, something that that's kind of hanging out, stuck in there. Should, should have came out, but doesn't want to. It's weird.
0: Bad news is gut health. It's the, it's the brain of your body guys. Uh, If your gut health is poor, everything's going to be poor. If your gut health is great, you're going to have much more success in fitness. Look at Tom Brady takes his gut health extremely serious, extremely serious. And he went strong for a long time while his peers were flaming out after short careers, you know? Uh, so take care of your gut guys. Uh, listen to the podcast. We'll have a lot more tips on the gut. So next time we're going to talk about is misconceptions at the gym. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to name one really quick and then I'll let Rick Maybe name one or two, and then I'll kind of come back and name one myself. Um, so one of the misconceptions that we see at the gym is, or you know some of the things that we see at the gym that aren't good are people who do the same workouts over and over and over. And they'll go in there and you can you, if you know them, you know exactly what they're doing. They'll do they only use like four or five machines in the whole gym, and they start off doing the same machine that particular day. And then they'll go to the next machine. It's just the same shit over and over. And then I think one of the misconceptions is you have to just do the same workouts over and over because you're training your body to get used to those workouts. And it's just not true. So what what I tell people is do, do reverse, you know, do a reverse instead of going, always doing the, the machine first, try doing whatever machine you do last. And then try that and um, and then and work in reverse here and there. And it kind of keeps it more fun. It keeps your brain more into it. So I think a lot of people just have that misconception that they're supposed to always keep their their training in the same order. They'll have they'll do four or five of the same machines in the exact same order every workout. And it just it just doesn't work that way. And um, really, if you're not spreading things out, you're going to end up with imbalances anyway. You have to work out your entire muscle structure. You can't just do four or five machines unless you really know what you're doing and you're doing the right lifts, I suppose. But it's going to be hard to really hit every muscle group properly and balance things out if you're just doing the same four machines every time you go to the gym. So I think that's a big misconception. A lot of people, even who are experienced may not even understand that part.
1: Yeah. Hit, hit me a second one. And I'll, so I'm going to give you a awesome funny one. one. How
0: about uh, women? Don't give a shit how much you're lifting. How about that? Like you ever see like these guys, like a woman will be on the bench press and he'll go yeah. right next to her on the bench, right? And he'll start throw, loading a bunch of weight on there to try to impress her. Yeah. Guys, she, she doesn't give a shit how much you're benching. Okay. She's, she really doesn't care. And she just sees that you put a bunch of weight on there. she doesn't really she's not paying attention. she's not impressed by how much weight. I think that's a misconception that uh, that other people, not just women, but I think that misconception is other people give a shit about how much you're lifting. Don't lift for other people lift for yourself and that that will uh, you know it'll be much easier for you if you can do that. It's kind of a funny one, a little a little dickish one. How about you?
1: That's a, that's funny actually. Uh, yeah, they they women don't get around to to moving those big ass weights around, so they don't. Even, she doesn't even know how impressive it is, really. Other guys don't know because other guys have moved uh, that much weight around, so you know when a dude's crushing it or not. But women kind of, I don't think, have a real sense of what it means. And most women are used to, should be used to, men being uh, physically stronger anyway. It just doesn't doesn't mean anything. That that's. A good I love
0: one. those guys. They put on a bunch of weight on like the deadlift.
1: And then they like
0: do it and they're like and they're like spines like bending like a question mark, and then they like it's like the worst form ever. And then they do it and then they put it down and they like ah get all excited, and then they pick up their phone and text on their phone or do whatever they think they're the shit. I always laugh at that. And I don't know, I think it's funny. I'm not all impressed. The, all, all I'm, I'm really actually, not impressed. I'd rather see you do the deadlift, 150 pound deadlift with actual good form. That is more impressive when I see someone doing that than I saw a young guy the other day squatting with the most pristine form I've ever seen in my life. And that impressed me.
1: He was probably like fucking
0: 20 years old. You could tell like he was on a weightlifting team in his school and his coach actually taught him how to lift properly. You know, he was doing ass to grass, the most perfect, you know, Perfect form, you you can imagine that to me is impressive. I'm impressed by the dude, you know, putting on 500 pounds squats and 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 doing you know a 10 degree angle or something. So I, don't know, I just thought to throw that in.
1: Gym misconceptions, um, you'd be surprised how many people are on steroids at your gym. Like really surprised, because not not everyone that's on steroids is really going to look it. You'd be surprised how many all the guys in there are some kind of TRT, even though they might not, they might not look at it at first. How many girls on the treadmill are are on (laughs) clenbuterol or something like that. Um, I guess a big, big gym misconception is that for someone to be taking PEDs, they'd have to look like it. They, they really don't. They really, really, really don't. Um, Another, uh, Misconception is that the guy shadow boxing actually knows how to fight. Usually, when I go to a weight gym, um, there's a bag area. You hit the bag and you know warm up and be done. But like, if you want to shadow box or do anything like crazy or like that, just go to dojo and do it there. You know, like you be a dojo um, at an actual uh, martial arts gym shadow box all day long. You don't look weird. Nobody gives a fuck. What's homie doing? Oh, he's just shadow boxing, working on something. It's not, but like, it just looks weird. Or like, <laughs> you shadow boxing it in a weight room in front of the mirror. Like you're doing sets and shadow boxing in between. I've seen guys do that. I always thought that was kind of weird because, uh, it's just, it's just not, I don't know. It's just not the way I, I, I don't, I don't find that as that is a good time to shadow box. But I do see, like you know, they gotta wait. They got a heavy bag in in your uh, gym. But I'd rather warm up with a heavy bag all day long before I, I sit on a treadmill. You know, I'd rather break a sweat. You know, put with the rather break break a sweat at the at the bag. I'll put on earphones that'll that'll hold. That I know I can hit the bag with, and my earphones will stay in. Um, you know, run my playlist. And I kind of know the time and rest time by just listening to the music. I kind of know where I rest and where I go hard. That's cool. But yeah, it's like, you don't, if you do it, you don't look cool. And if you see these guys, they, they probably don't go to dojo or, 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 or a real training gym. Otherwise they do that shit there. In my opinion. Uh, what else, man? Uh I don't know, man. I can't think of any any bits right now, <laughs> dude. I'm stumped. I should have prepped better before the show, but uh, yeah, man, I can't I can't think of any other gym misconceptions. Uh, if you have another one, I could I could comment yeah. on well, it. Well, I'm
0: gonna follow up on that. I think if you go to a suburban gym anywhere in America, because of steroids being so we talked about it on last podcast because steroids are so easily accessible, like literally a click of the mouse and some Bitcoin. You can buy uh, steroids, and everyone has a has a side hustle, so people have money right now. Uh, to spend on shit like steroids. So go to a suburban gym, I, I would guesstimate um, fucking probably 60, 70% of people are either on steroids or have used steroids. So, I mean, that's, you know, especially among the, I would say 25 to 30 male demographic in your gym, 25 to 35, I'd say demographic, I'd say it's probably 60, 70% in a, in a suburban gym in America. So Absolutely. All right, buddy. So the next one we're going to talk, maybe we'll hit that topic again in the future. Uh, so the next one is for you love birds out there, good gifts for Valentine's day. So, you know, I'll give you a good gift that you probably never heard of. I was uh, actually reading an article uh, from CNN, I believe, and they had a list of top Valentine's day gifts. And I, I came across something that I would have never thought of. And this is something great for you, Rick. Um, when you're in New York, And that is a towel and blanket warmer. Have you heard of that before? You probably have those in New York, right? Probably
1: built in. First time I heard about it.
0: Well, those, those basically, so you basically put your towel in it and you push the button, right? And then you take your shower and when you get out of your shower, you open it up and your towel is warm. How nice is that? This way you get out of your shower. You're not shivering and using like a, a cold towel. You can use a hot towel. And then before bed, same thing. Like 30 minutes before you go to bed, 15 minutes before you go to bed, you throw your ba- blanket in there. It's like a little hamper thingy and it warms your blanket up and then you can go to bed on a cold night. And, um, and she'll have a nice blanket or, or he'll have a nice blanket. And that's, man, it's a great idea if you live in a cold climate for sure. I think that's a great idea. So I never thought of that before and um I think I think that would really make uh, make your, your spouse happy. What what you got, buddy? You're you're the love you're the love bird between us. Well what is, what is a good Valentine's day gift that you've uh, you've
1: given? What did you give Conchita? Money. Dollars. <laughs> um, usually a uh, a dude I uh, um what I do when it comes to see um what I do when it comes to special occasions like that is just ma- make some plans women love plans when you make plans to go uh to go do something and uh and you follow through on set plans and and call it a day pretty much man you know that that's that's all I do uh and as far as the gift, I, I listen out you know women will give you hints they'll kind of let you know what they want you just gotta. She's got to be listening. You got to be a good listener. And uh, once she, she tells you what what she wants, you just you make sure to surprise her with it. Women will tell you what they want. They'll say it. They'll say it or make it sound in a special way. And they'll 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 mention. They'll fire off a few things that they might want um, before you. You know, before you go. I mean, like before you before the time comes, they might they might let you know about it. Fire off a few things they want. And you, all you got to do is really listen, man. You know, all you have to really do is, is, is listen. And if you do, uh, you know, she'll tell you exactly what, what she wants, man. I, th- I think uh, a lot of times you'll get, you know, you'll get someone that might, um, that might want something a little different. Uh, like they want you to do something special for them. It's more of the preparation than the actual gift. You got to kind of know who you're dealing with too. I think like someone will appreciate a small gift as long as there's like dinner and, and bubble bath and all that cool stuff. Um, the other women who are like, that's good. That's cool. Dinner, bubble bath, roast petals. All right. All right. What the fuck did you get? me? You know, and you got to kind of know and you got to kind of know which, who, you, who you're dealing with and, you know, it makes a big difference. But, uh, but yeah, man, um, listen, you know, she'll tell you what she wants, man. Listen, you know, there's, there's not a, she'll tell you what, what kind of gift she wants. She might not be able to tell you other things, emotional, other stuff. She might not be able to be very straightforward, but when it comes to items that she like to acquire, um, most women will tell you ahead of time. If you, if you're just willing to listen worst case scenario if you can't find something
0: jewelry you can't go wrong with jewelry but make sure it's you know um you're you're getting um, not like yellow gold jewelry that seems to be out of out of style big time you know i i would have thought you know gold growing up gold was so cool you know like gold teeth and gold jewelry and stuff like that but for women oh if you if you, like, if, you, if, you like if you're diamonds. already if
1: you if you're already married and you want to and you want to splurge, I mean, you could get her another another uh, a diamond uh, um, engagement ring. Maybe do something cool and get, like, a different uh, colored stone or something cool like that. Well, they have
0: anniversary, like, one year, two year, three year. They have certain types of jewelry you're supposed to get for different, like, five year, ten year, you know what I'm saying? Like, platinum, there might be platinum one day, gold, you know, one, one year. So they already have, you can look that up if, that's, if you're married a long time and and you want and she'll she'll get it also another tip too is um birth birthstone look up the birthstone of the month she was born and get a jewelry of that but what, what i'm what i'm trying to get at is don't buy jewelry like that she might not like like so the neutral type of jewelry like diamonds like a diamond necklace a diamond bracelet stuff like that can't go wrong getting, getting that and and make sure it's like silver. So make dot. sure you
1: keep the receipt and you can return it for uh, without losing any money. If she doesn't like it. Uh, not a lot of times, unless you know her extremely well, y- your taste is going to be quite different than hers in, in jewelry or what you think will look good on her. Uh, there's a lot of different tricks of uh, tricking women into telling you what they, what they want. You might, you might uh, make a casual stop in, in a jewelry store that she that's near you guys, and then you you say I'm here. Look at a watch, or look at something. Yeah, just keep an eye on what she's yeah, really looking yeah. at. Like, she's look like, like, wow, at. look at that. Yeah, p-.
0: and you can point in and be like, "Wow, that's pretty." You know, that all looks cool. And then she'd be like, "Yeah, I really like it. Really like it." Then you'll know you can, you can get that for her. That's that's what I do. You know, uh, that's that's what I what I've learned to do over the years. So listen, listen to them because men men don't know how to listen to women. So if you can just like try to learn to listen just a little bit and. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate going to the mall, but that's, that's, that's something you could do walking around the mall. Just keep an eye on what, what she'll like. And women are smart. They'll, they'll, they'll kind of hint at you what, what they, what they like too, if you've been with them a while. So, but if you only been with a girl, like a couple months, I think the towel warmer is a really good idea. Or the blanket warmer, because that's something kind of, it's not like, it's, it's something she could really use and, use and enjoy, especially in a cold climate. I'm surprised you you don't have that in New York, buddy. So I know some some people up north they have actually when you get out of the shower the floor itself is warm.
1: Have you heard of that before? Yeah, yeah, I, I have. And now that I think about it, I have heard of uh, towel warmers before. It's just not something I've I've ever really had, but I've I, yeah. I've heard of these things.
0: I wonder if something you could buy that you can actually put on your uh, on the floor if you you know that's where it's not built in. Maybe something like some type of something that you can put when you get out of the shower and you step on and the floor would be warm because uh, it sucks like getting out of the
1: shower when it's cold
0: and you're shivering. So,
1: And, uh, and, and then why, the way I deal with the, with the actual uh, bathroom situation, I know exactly what you're talking about. I didn't think you even knew this happened because you're in Florida, but yeah, in New York, sometimes it'll get real, real cold and the air gets real dry. So when you're wet, you you, you, you feel really cold I have a tiny little uh, $30 space heater that I electronic that is just for my bathroom. And in the morning, I, one of the first things I do is I plug that sucker in right into the bathroom, close the door. And then by the time I finally end up uh, going in for my shower, shower is pretty warm and I put it and I put the, the warmer right at the right on the floor. Um, Just, you know, just so it blows right over my, my bathroom carpet. And it's usually pretty nice. Also, what another trick I do here's a trick for all you guys out there in the cold weather. Another trick I do is I, I when I'm still in the stall, like in the shower and I'm still the, the, heat of the shower is still kind of trapped in there. Stick my hand out. I pull the towel in and I mostly pat myself dry pretty good before I even open and exit the shower and, and go into the, the air, the rest of the bathroom. And that makes that makes it shock last. But yeah, dude, like taking a shower and snow outside—you're <laughs> in the shower, even if even if your house remains a good temperature. Once you jump out, man, you feel cold, and, and the 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 floor, the 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 ground—it's it's cold. So I know I know what you're saying, man. I know that all too well during the winter in, in the Northeast. You didn't have you didn't have to take a shower. Well. So I,
0: every time you guys get out of the shower, I want you guys to think of Rick being cold in New York and his, like, skin's all shriveled up and stuff. Next time, next, next shower you guys take, it, you're dripping wet, naked, get out of the shower. Think of Rick. All right. All right. So next one we're going to talk about, this one's for you, Rick, Because you're the, you're the entrepreneur. Um, what would be... Um let me let me pull this one up. This is a good question. Did you like this question? It says what business would you start if you were gifted 100,000. So what what would you do?
1: That's real interesting. You want to hear what I would do first? Yeah, yeah, let me hear you. Go ahead. Strip club. I know that. I know you love in strippers. <laughs> so it's like, so what I would do? For, for 100k you can't open a strip club in in Florida for 100k. Maybe you could open a strip club in Tijuana. <laughs> or some place like that for that much, but not, not, you know, or I would do, uh, I would go to a third world
0: country and do it, but I would also open up, you do two businesses. The second business I would open up is American style car wash. Does that make sense? Because you know what I'm saying? Like American style and like it'd be cool And everyone would be bringing their car in They'd be thinking this is Americans You know that run this 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 joint you know what I'm saying And everyone you know, world- you know
1: um, You know when I'm in South America um, The car wash for my Car in South America Is like Half the price sometimes more Than half the price of the Automatic car wash In the US And it's like people doing it like people actually take the time to wash a car, do a really good job with it too. Takes longer, but it's like less than ten bucks. Uh, maybe ten, twelve dollars would tip. But like I go to a car wash in the U.S. is like twenty some dollars for you know for for less less humans and less man man manpower. That that's how it is, man. Yeah, Cold it's more than that. Dude. It was like $50, 60 bucks, man. What are you talking about? Well, I, I do some of my own car maintenance myself. So I just go and let them, you know, kind of wash the outside, this and this and that. Um, usually where I go is like twenty-something dollars because I, I take care of the inside of my car myself.
0: All right, buddy. So then let me leave it to you. What would you do? hundred thousand dollars a little business, what would you do?
1: Uh- that's a that's a great question. So here's here's the here's the here's the give you a real a real answer. Um it depends on you first you know how old are you are you a guy who got 100k in your 20s or did you get get 100k in your 40s or in your 30s if you have a skill set if you have a real real deal skill set you don't need to you don't need me to tell you what to invest the money in you would invest it into a business or an opportunity that would play to your skill set or your passion maybe you already have a job but you like to be doing something different on the side. Um, 100K could be what you need to actually invest, you know, 50, 60K, 70K of that into the actual business you really want to do. And you have 30K to cover living expenses while you make the jump or, or vice versa, 30K into the business, 70K for living expenses if it's you're making a longer play. So you don't need me to tell you what to invest in. You know what your passion project is. You know what your skill set is. And you know how you would play it if you had the 100K. If you're a younger man, or maybe if you're an older guy and you find yourself not happy with you with what you do, finding that your skill set is not even really delivering uh, in this new day and age, then I take the hundred k to get myself a new set of skills, a new new things that I would wanna be able to learn how to do. Um, I'll give you an example, but see, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't take that to go to to go to college per se. I'd go. To, 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 I take some, I get some kind of trade, you know, you could pay, I'll give you a quick example. You could pay $10,000 and do like a three month, four month, month camp and programming. And you can go from just having very basic knowledge of programming or maybe none. And then over four to six months become a pretty darn good programmer. If, if you, if you really set, set your mind to it. Or, or many other things. You know, I would I would spend the money getting f- fuck a college. You want to get like a a a trade, a real trade kind of skill set that that you wanna that you wanna work with. So, and that's if you're a younger guy in your twenties, where when you're twenty, you still got the time to like switch lanes to to figure it out to see what you do. When you're in your thirties, you gotta kind of really execute the things you know you know what to do once you're 40 that's when you gotta innovate your industry and really you know do something something the industry might might be too late there have been guys that switch lanes switch lanes at four in their 40s and are successful but i haven't i'm not gonna lie to you and tell you i've heard of heard of way too many um you know there are guys that do something their whole life and then around 40 an opportunity comes and something new in the world comes along and they go and And execute, but it it ain't many. By the time you're you're forty, you want to kind of have your skill set pretty well, pretty well established, and work on that. So before forty, early to twenties, early thirties, you could spend that money gaining some skill sets. You know, going going to some coaching events, uh, getting some coaching yourself, uh, really, you know, doing it up. Uh, when you were in your 40s, uh, use some of that money to cover living expenses while you go work on your real passion. Uh, maybe you have a business. Maybe you have a business already, a small business that's doing all right. And with 100K, you could you could double down on it. Shit, that's what I, I put that right into stock for my own supplement company. Launch a couple of new products that I like to put out. Shore up my stock in others. So maybe I could I could be more aggressive in wholesale. Like, depends on you what you would do with those hundred K depends on your skill sets, but we're in a day and age where it doesn't matter what you're good at. With proper execution, you could make more money than you could ever imagine with poor execution. You spin your wheels and won't make much two guys with the same skill set could literally work both work. um, One make, you know, having freedom and money and the other one, not it's just it depends on how you play it you know it depends on how you know the savvy that you have for it but that's it man that that's that's the only thing i i you know i got to offer uh is, is that all right buddy so guys 465 hope you guys
0: enjoyed it we'll have another q and a next week take care
1: have a good one steve have a good one guys